So in season five of Franchise Findings, we're gonna to continue to go through some of the most popular franchises in the United States and globe. Also, we're going through some emerging franchise concepts that have anywhere from two, five, hundred locations throughout the United States growing and looking to take on the world with their franchise system. We continue to interview founders of franchises as well as franchisees. So a lot of information for you. Hope you enjoy season five of Franchise Findings. Hey, with Patrick Fandaro here, co-founder at Vetted Biz. Very excited to have on Tom DeFore, founder at Big Sky. Um, Tom, how'd you get into the franchising space? Could you tell us a little bit about your background? Sure. Well, thank you first off, Patrick, for having me as a guest. Really appreciate that. And my background in franchising dates back uh, almost 19 years at this point. Uh, my first job right out of college just happened to be in the franchise consulting space. It, 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 the story, I think, tends to be fairly common with other folks in the franchise community. It's not something yeah. most of us planned on getting into, but we ended up here. And uh, it just I, I knew that I, want, I wanted to get into some form of management consulting. That was my real focus. And the first job I had just happened to be at a company that helped small businesses franchise their company and turn into it. That's where I learned and got introduced to the business and just fell in love with it. And from there, ended up um, getting hired by a client of mine that I went and uh, went to work and helped them grow from a regional to a national brand over about two and a half years. And then I uh, partnered in with a uh, with a franchise with an old colleague of mine and uh, helped. Um, and and about four years or so, a few years into the relationship, just had a difference in vision and values, and okay. that's when Big Sky was born, and uh, have been doing that ever since. Now, nice. And tell me a little bit about Big Sky. What's the team looking? like? How are you guys broken down? Yeah. Well, Big Sky Franchise Team, we specialize in helping typically a small to mid-sized business franchise their company or that owner or founder franchise their, their existing business. And then really helping brands with zero to maybe 20 or 25 franchises uh, launch into the market. And that may be through marketing support, manual creation. It may be through uh, some franchise sales help. Uh, there, there are various ways that we help support organizations with uh, their expansion efforts. Uh, so from, from a high level, that, that's, that tends to be our, our core primary services is working with uh, organizations in, in need of expanding or looking for ways to expand through franchising. So for those business owners that are listening today, like what type of business is well suited for, for franchising? That's a great question. So the nice thing with franchising is it's industry agnostic. So it doesn't really matter what kind of industry you're in. It's a method of distribution, as obviously you're well aware. So anyone that is any industry or any business that's thinking of franchising, we really break it down into three broad questions you want to ask in terms of really, is your business viable? Most of the time, the industry will probably work. Most of the time, it's really, is your business ready? for franchising. And so th we like to look at three high level items. The first is, do you have a profitable prototype? Is is your business profitable? It, it seems to make sense. It's pretty straightforward, but you, you want to look at replicating some form of success that's already existing. And oftentimes I'll have owners and founders say, well, Tom, you know, my business wasn't quote profitable. That's not what it showed on my tax return. I said, okay, well, 
how, however you work your numbers with your accountant and CPA, at the end of the day, is your business paying for your bills, you know, your company bills and your personal bills, if that's how you're generating your income. So some sometimes we have to look at it in that regard. The second thing we like to take a look at is does the business or the industry or the specific niche of a business that is being run, is there a customer base on a national level? Uh, so nationally, are there customers that could buy the product or service that's being offered? And at minimum, we want to see regional uh, it, because my whole thought is if you're going to franchise, you want to have enough room to expand and grow that it that it's worth your while. Uh, yeah. And and why not internationally, right? You you have lots of international contacts and in the business you're in and your experience. And so um, why not? Yeah, it seems like once a brand hits a certain level, then it makes a lot more money to go abroad because just there's a lot more money being made uh, with with that that expansion. Absolutely correct. That that's right. And I've seen just in international franchising, uh, oftentimes it customers of the business in the original home country or some other area around the world, they're traveling, run across a business, say, "Wow, I love this concept. I want to bring this back to my home country, or I want to bring this back." And all of a sudden, now the snowball is created, right, <laughs> and starting down that international expansion effort. And then the third thing that we like to uh, just take a quick look at, and we said profitable prototype number one. We said uh, ideally, preferably that national customer base. And then number three, can you teach someone how to do this? Can you? train someone how to do it. And sometimes I, I equate this as, uh, does the founder have a teacher's heart or a trainer's uh, perspective or the, a coach's mentality? So mm -hmm. uh, sometimes uh, clients view it as being a Sometimes they view it as being a a, a, a a coach or a consultant in, in those various ways. So bottom line is, teaching are you can you teach someone how to run this business and if there's a special expertise needed we've worked with clients that you have to have you have to be a medical doctor to own the business or operate it. well we're not teaching people to be medical doctors we're teaching <laughs> medical doctors how to run the business and so and and you're well well aware of that but just those are the three high level big topics that we like to look at in terms of viability of franchising it makes sense so does it make money 50K, 100K, whatever that figure is to pay for the family to mm -hmm. like national scale, not just like your little city that you have this one client you're serving, I imagine. And then three, like, are you, do you like to help? Do you like to transmit knowledge and, and teach your coach? Yes. Would, you, would that summarize it well? It summarizes it very well. And, and obviously there's more detail within each, yeah. all three <laughs> of those, but from a high level perspective, that, that's where we like to like to start. And sometimes the founder, they're really happy with their one, two, or three locations of whatever kind of business they're in. And franchising might not be the right fit just because they don't want to work for that. They're they're happy with their lifestyle and there's nothing wrong well, with that's that. That's what I've seen too in the restaurant space. Like, like there's a few chains in Miami that have anywhere from like three to eight locations and they're doing pretty well. Two are just crazy cash cows. One doesn't do as well and the other ones do decently well. And it's like, I'm just thinking this one group, like they're doing pretty well financially. And it's like, do they really want to start the process of, of expanding and allocating a lot more time and building something bigger, much larger and having a much bigger impact? But with that, there's a lot of energy and time. 
that's going to go into that. Yeah, that that's exactly right. And so that lifestyle change, a lot of times that founder, the owners of the company, they're at a they're at a nice income level, they're at a nice lifestyle level, and they're saying, "Oh boy, <laughs> do I really want to go back to the grind?" And that's something we we have a we have a free download by the way for anyone who listens to this. It's called Nine Pitfalls. If they go to ninepitfalls.com, but we have nine pitfalls we've identified for entrepreneurs that are thinking about franchising things to think about or to be aware of when you start franchising. And one of them we talk about is the startup mindset and getting back to what we're talking about here, where this is a startup. When you're starting a new franchise system, you're back in startup mode again, and you're going to have to grind for a couple years again, like you did when you started your business. And uh, not everyone is ready to make that move, that mental move. A lot of times it's just mental. Well, it's like, you're going to be a super hardworking student again, basically. You're a teacher and student. That's right. Like you have to be learning from, from Big Sky and other advisors along the way to grow. And you're going to have to probably check your ego for some of these guys that are already doing very well and be able to learn a lot more about franchising where they have a low base as well as transmit their knowledge on whatever product or service they're offering. Yes, that's exactly right. Exactly right. And then transitioning. So we, we've gone through the business owners. We have business owners, even franchisees that maybe uh, uh, are, are looking to acquire another business and maybe eventually franchise in it because they know the, the franchise model. So we've kind of captured that. How about those franchisors that, you know, maybe the founder is still around or someone bought uh, the company and they have a couple corporate locations and 10 franchise locations or a mix of distributors or licensees. What, how could, how can you help them and any guidance for, for those type of companies that haven't quite hit that 20 unit count or 30 unit count of, of franchisees? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and the time of year right now, fourth quarter, uh, when, when, as we're recording this, this tends to be the time when our company and when I get calls and inquiries from many organizations, exactly as you described, they, they, the original founder is either not involved or is still owns a company, but is out of daily operations. Com- the brand has 10 or so locations and are saying, we've got something here. How do we kind of push through this? We, we don't want to be sold a bill of you know, a bunch of documents again, right? We've got the documents, (laughs) we've got some processes. So they're always a little worried when they start talking to a consultant again, going to sell me something I already bought. And so the nice, (laughs) the nice thing with working with us, we we don't want to sell clients things that they already have. We're happy to review it and give some feedback if they'd like. But generally speaking, if we assume that they're working with a a solid franchise attorney already, they've got some documents, some franchises in place, they have a good starting point. Most of the time where we find they need the most help is in lead generation for marketing. How do they get leads? And then number two, really having an established sales process at their organization. So we have a franchise sales training workshop that we teach folks how to build this out on how to build out a franchise sales program or or a process, I should say that they take their candidates and leads through. And I found that those two areas in particular tend to be uh, problem areas for franchisors in, in, in this situation that you described, or licensee, licensors or distributors, wh- whichever it might be, where someone used to be in charge of it, and either they've left the company, 
they've been fired, or it may have very well have been the founder, and the founder is not involved anymore. And so no one's really in charge of this sales process. So our role when we come in is to help identify where these gaps are um, and then uh, help build out a process for them to take and implement. Uh, so it, we're, we're mindful to the fact that we want to help uh, connect. Usually the pieces are there. We're just helping connect the right pieces together and get them back in. And do you prefer to handle like the majority of the sales process as like an outsized organization where they contract you or, or training someone on their team? How, how do you prefer to work with the client? And what, what's best for the client at the end of the day? Yeah, great question. I actively sell against our company services for franchise sales support. So we <laughs> do offer outsourced franchise sales support. And I openly tell clients and prospects on the phone, I'm so, I do not want you to hire us. <laughs> I, I actively say that. So it's plan B. Right, C. E exactly. Okay. And I said, your best bet and what I've just consistently seen in my experience with clients, if the franchisor can build their sales team in-house, they are better served long-term to do that. It's a long-term solution. If they want a short-term solution, I've been hired by very large franchisors over the years and a lot of uh, emerging franchise brand franchisors where they come in with us being a uh, temporary solution where it's a six month or a 12 month program okay. while they're kind of figuring it out. Cool. That that's great. That that's exactly right. That's, that's why we really, we don't have long-term contracts. We're non-exclusive when we work with our nice. clients. So we, we try to make it kind of teaching the bird to fly and then they fly okay. and go out on their own. That's very different than some other organizations that like enter into litigation with the, the franchise or when like it doesn't go as planned and they go a different path. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I, I try to be very upfront. I said, number one, build your own in-house franchise sales team if you can. That's why we offer our franchise sales training workshop. That's the preferred method. And if they are really uh, fight us on it and say, no, we really want to engage with your company to help us with the franchise sales process, uh, we really encourage them to be thinking short term. It's six months, 12 months. There are some long-term clients that we have certainly where it's a good fit. Most of the time that's been with franchisors that have gone out. They're often either very mature franchise systems where they're selling anywhere from one to maybe 10 franchises a year is a very mature system, or they're a system that has 20, 30, 40 units and they're, they just kind of want to dink and dunk. They want to sell one, you know, three, four, five, six a year at most. Okay. And that's really what they're looking for. It's really, it, it, they don't have that. And maybe their cost of sell is very low because they're just working with that customer that comes in or of the existing franchisee's friend. And yeah, they don't want to pay out, you know, a, a lot to acquire that new franchisee. Yeah, that that's right. That's right. For the franchise discovery process, like anything's like when you come into these systems that maybe have been like stuck at the 20, the 20 unit count for, you know, 10 years, anything's you see that you just spot like this is not going right with the discovery process and the candidates not comfortable with this. Yeah, uh, great question. It's it's very often what I see. What I see most often is the request for a lot of information early in the sales cycle. So that franchise, the franchise candidate comes in, they inquire, and then they get sent a ten-page franchisee <laughs> application, 
and the franchise candidate saying, whoa, we just said hello. I said, submitted yeah. an inquiry on your website or through you know franchise, whatever. Uh, here I am. I, I, I'm not interested in filling out this massive- like the law of reciprocity. Like <laughs> They gave you some information and you give more. You, you can't ask for 10 pages without giving like, all this information also back in return. And ideally you give it first before they give it to you. That, that's exactly right. Yeah, we operate under a very similar uh, sales philosophy where it's it's you, the franchisor is more the guide. They're helping yeah. educate and guide that buyer through the process. And like you said, the, I like that reciprocity term. You're giving a little and getting a little along the way and building that relationship. Build trust. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And do you find that like, the experience that the prospective franchisee has, like when they're being sold the franchise, is is kind of similar to also that ten year relationship, more or less, that they're going to have with the the franchisor. Yeah. So, so do you mean the that sales, uh, the relationship that's established in the sales process, that behavior translates that for the behavior, next year? Does it transcend? So, say that's like a four month process, six month process. Mm -hmm. The experience the franchise, the prospective franchisee has with the franchisor, is it going to be similar when they're now a franchisee, whether it's responsive time or, or openness? Yeah. Or do you see that they sign the contract and things change, like even for the best or for the worse? Yeah. Generally, I tend to see the former where we have a franchisor, what, wh however, the franchisor and the franchisee, how they behave in the sales process is typically how they behave after the sales process yeah. is over. I tend to see some similarities. Now, there are anomalies certainly where uh, maybe there's a very responsive franchise salesperson and the sales team is really on it and then they pass them over to op the you know onboarding team for the franchise onboarding and they're not. Certainly there are situations like that, but I've experienced it most of the time, whatever that sales process is like, and, and it would, it's the same for the franchisor, that, that whatever the candidate, however they're behaving in that sales process, that is how they're going to behave the next 10 years. And then same to the franchisee or prospective franchisee. However, that franchisor is in the sales process with you, chances are that's how it's going to be for the next 10 years with with that organization as well. That's been my experience. And so you're not just handling the sales, but you also mentioned the the manual where you're working with the president or the, the VP of ops for the franchise organization. Yeah. So in, in our, uh, in kind of the, uh, franchising your business services that we offer. Uh, we have a three-step process they go through. The first is the franchise blueprint to figure out things like franchise fees and royalties and financial models, cash flow projections, and so on. And then step two is the rest of the documentation. So helping them with the FDD, building franchise manuals, marketing plans, lead generation, uh, lead generation strategies, franchise brochures. And then step three is a full year of support and consulting. We have 14 people on our team. Uh, so we're a boutique agency and this is our specialty in, in helping guide clients through that process. And I've heard, cause like in franchising, I mean, there are a lot of people selling their service products or whatever. It's a lot of pretty high skilled uh, salespeople in the in the franchising community. So for a franchise or whether it's a founder led or been recently acquired by private equity, there's a lot of people pitching, you know, the best lead generation, the best software, whatever. Um, and I guess you probably are leveraging your all your clients to see what worked for them to then help sift through all those potential routes of go to market? Definitely. Yes. And, and we take into consideration the client's 
interest in where they want to expand, their budget, the target profile, right? Kind of the who, what, where, when, why, and how they're going to make that happen and customize based on those needs, coupled with, like you just described, what we've seen work, what's actually working, what are people interested in, what's attracting the right kind of buyers today. And it's, it's you know, it seems like every six months, there's some large enough shift in the market that, you know, things are shifting. It, it may not be a total kind of uh uh, paradigm shift to a certain extent, but but it's changing. It's it's adjusting and evolving over time. Do you have any like client success stories? And you don't have to say the franchise brand if you want. You can say it, or, or you can just say like the industry. But like going zero to one, so like basically they're not franchising at all, and they're getting their fran first franchisee. Yep. Or you know, ten units to then passing that twenty mark, thirty mark. Sure. A any ex recent examples you can kind of think of? Yeah. Timing's everything. Yet yesterday, I had I I had two separate clients, one in Minnesota and one in Florida, message me and say, "Tom, I've got my first franchise. Um, we're finalizing everything. It's all happening." And they started the franchise process early in 2022. So you know, here they are, about a year into the process now, and they've got their first real candidate that's looking to move forward. And in both instances, and this is what I talk about with social capital and really the referral portion of franchise lead generation, both of these candidates were familiar and knew the founders of the business. And yeah. I always think, especially those first five or 10, if you can find it within your customers or referrals and so on, it's always great. Um, and then uh, just another great example, a couple clients that went from zero and really grew pretty rapidly. We had one client, uh, one client called uh, the Lean Kitchen Company. He grew from zero franchises that we started working with a few years ago. He's up over 75 sold now. Um, and it, it's really neat to watch what he's been doing and a cool concept. And another brand called Shoe Beauty, and they're opening up uh, eyebrow threading studios and Walmarts across the country. And they've sold wow. about 90 franchises already. Um, and, and he had zero when we started working with them, just starting going down that process. So uh, it's it's very interesting to see uh, just, just a couple, few different examples of that there. It'd be fun like for you to have like an intern or someone like research how many jobs have been created, like due to the companies that you franchise, as well as like how many millionaires yeah. have been created. Yeah. Whether it's a franchisor or franchisees, because I mean, based on those stories, like hundreds of thousands of jobs would have been created, you know, going from zero to 75, zero to 90. Yeah. And I'm sure some of those franchisees are, are doing quite well. Yeah, I'm sure you're right. That's a great, that's a great suggestion. That's a great idea. Tom, do you have any final thoughts for, for people that are, you know, looking to get into franchising or those franchisors that are tuned in that are kind of struggling where, you know, now they're like, why did I even do franchising? I'm, I'm kind of stuck at 10 or 15 locations. Yep. Well, great question. So we, we have, we offer to anyone who reaches out to us a free consultation. There's no cost for anything until we all agree to do business. And so uh, we'd be happy to schedule a call, schedule a call with me or one of our other senior consultants to talk through where you're at, what your goals are, and see how we might be able to help you out, if we can help you out. Uh, so that that's one. We have a ton of free resources available as well. We have a free quiz, franchisability quiz on our website. 
We have the and uh, we have a weekly podcast we produce uh, called Multiply Your Success. We have a webinar series, which we know we we intend to have you on, and as you will be a yeah, guest on upcoming and uh, much of our content as well uh, to share with our audience what you're doing, which I'm excited about, and um, just a wealth of free information to help educate someone. So even if you're not ready to talk, we have a ton of free resources on our website uh, to get you started. And then if, when you're ready for that initial introductory conversation, we offer free, no obligation, no cost uh, consultation and discussion to talk about your business and your goals. Well, Tom, I really enjoyed today's conversation. Be sure to send me those links so we can include them in the YouTube description as well as those that are listening over podcasts so they can tap into all those free resources and get some value before that uh, that initial consultation with you. Oh, that sounds great, Patrick. Well, thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate your time. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast episode. You can leave us a review if you enjoyed the podcast episode. If you hated the podcast episode, let us know what you thought as well as what future episodes you'd like to hear. Feel free to also drop me a line at patrick at vettedbiz.com and subscribe please to our YouTube channel, Business and Franchise Opportunities by Vetted Biz. This has been Franchise Findings Podcast. Thanks for listening.